Weezy Original. I'm Roger Berkowitz. I'm Larry Galco, and this is Name Brands, the podcast about the story behind your favorite brands. Joining us today on Name Brands is Sylvia Acevedo, a former NASA rocket scientist who just so happens to be CEO of one of America's most iconic organizations, the Girl Scouts of the USA. Sylvia grew up in a Latino neighborhood in New Mexico, and after enduring a family tragedy at a young age, found solace and inspiration in a local Girl Scout troop. The experience, one can say, was most impactful as Sylvia today leads an organization of 1.8 million girls and some 800,000 adults. The alumni in the United States alone are 50 million strong. And listen to these statistics. Four out of six female governors were Girl Scouts. 51% of women serving in the House of Representatives are former Girl Scouts. And 73% of female senators were in the Girl Scouts. Singers Taylor Swift, Mariah Carey were Girl Scouts, as well as TV personalities Katie Couric, Robin Roberts, and Barbara Walters. And of course, to most of us, when we hear Girl Scouts, we inevitably think of cookies, a product that not only sells over 200 million boxes a year, but is really a concept in teaching girls some important and impactful life skills, whether it be decision-making, goal-setting, money management, and perhaps most importantly, confidence. Sylvia Cito, welcome to Name Brands. Oh, thank you both. It's really an honor and a pleasure to be here today. Uh, it's great to have you. Now, Sylvia, one of, uh, you know, part of your personal journey was growing up as, as what you, and you've described as a dirt road Latino neighborhood in New Mexico. And, and as been mentioned, you experienced some personal family tragedy. Talk with us a little bit about how your chance encounter with the Girl Scouts has led to this remarkable trajectory of accomplishment. Well, thanks. You know, it was true. I was a family. We were living paycheck to paycheck, and we did live on a dirt road. And unfortunately, my sister, younger sister, got sick with, uh, in a meningitis epidemic, one of the last meningitis epidemics in the U.S. And m several people died, and my sister got so sick that the fever affected her brain, and she became special, kind of in a Special Olympics kind of way. And my mom became horribly depressed, but she realized the only neighborhood that that epidemic swept through in our town was our neighborhood. Mm. So she looked for a new neighborhood, one with paved streets mm. and better schools. And when we went to that school, I actually hated it. Everything was different. First of all, we moved in the middle of a school year, and uh, I'm sure people realize, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's the worst, right? And I just didn't like it, didn't like, um, you know, my teachers, anything. But one day, this girl was wearing a brown uniform, and she was walking in my neighborhood, and she kept trying to reach me. And I kept walking faster, and she kept running up to me. And she finally caught me in front of our ho my house, and she said, hey, you know, I'm going to a, a, a Brownie Girl Scout meeting. Would you like to come? And I said, no. And she said, well, go ask your mom. And so I went in and asked my mom. And I remember vividly, because I asked my mom the way a kid asks their parent when they want the answer to be no, right? Like, mom, this girl's asking me to go to something. You don't have to say yes. But my mom was so excited because she had seen how much I had changed and didn't like the area. And this is the first thing that she realized I was expressing an interest in. So she just wanted to know where I would be, and she let me go. And from the moment I entered that, meeting, you know, it was so organized, you know, coordinated, there were refreshments, we were doing an activity. 
And I thought, boy, this is a lot of fun. And I just fell in love with Girl Scouts. And, um, you know, one of the really important aspects was that we were going on a camping trip. And when we went on that camping trip, and we were around the campfire, and we'd finished eating our those wonderful s'mores. It was the first time I'd tasted <laughs> s'mores. My troop leader saw me looking at the stars. And, you know, I had looked at the stars many times in my life. But she's pointed out that they weren't just twinkly lights up there, that there were planets and stars. She said there were constellations, the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper, you know, Orion. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And so after that, I've always looked up at the stars. Well, she remembered that. And later on, when we were earning badges, she encouraged me to earn my science badge. Well, I wanted to earn my cooking badge like all my friends because I'm a girl. I wanted to be just like my friends. But she said, you know, you can do both. And when I earned my science badge, I realized it was so much like the cooking badge. You had to read the directions. You know, there was trial and error, and believe it for me, both in cooking and in the science project, which is making an SD's rocket, there was a lot of trials and a lot of mistakes, a lot of experimenting. But I finally got both right and earned my badges, you know, cooking and my science badge. And doing that, I realized it's reading directions, getting the ingredients, the chemicals right, and getting the heat source right both in cooking and science. And I said, I can do that. And from that moment on, I started taking the science electives, math electives, all throughout school. And then that allowed me to have that confidence so that later on I said, you know, I wanted to be an engineer. And at that time, the college counselor said, girls like you don't go to college. And I said, not only am I going to college, I'm going to be an engineer. And she said, girls aren't engineers. And I thought back to my Girl Scout days. You know, I had that confidence, and I said, you know, if I can cook, I can do science, I can be an engineer. So, like you, for example, like you mentioned you saw the stars. Now, you were one of the first Hispanic students to graduate from Stanford University with a master's in industrial engineering. So you began your career as a rocket scientist. How did you then make that transition from NASA to Girl Scouts. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's, that's a That's pretty really, phenomenal. Yeah, that is a great story. The Girl Scouts are rocket scientists. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, um, you're absolutely right. Um, that it's sort of poetic that my first job out of college was, you know, being a rocket scientist because, you know, my one of my first badges was that science badge. One of the things I really got lucky when I went to work at NASA, because it was right when one of the missions, which is the Voyager 2, was passing by um, Jupiter and its moons Io. So I joined it at a really exciting time. We, you know, we were right by uh, a planet and getting a lot of great data to analyze. Well, then after that, you have long periods of time when nothing happens. And I had uh, been accepted to Stanford, and I thought, well, I'm going to go to Stanford uh, because I thought I'm sort of a a take-action kind of girl. I think a a lot of things that were taught to me in Girl Scouts is, you know, you you discover, connect, and you take action. And I thought, wow, a 10-year, 20-year timeline, I wanted to have something else happen in my career. Well, I went to Stanford, got my, as you mentioned, my uh, master's in engineering at the time when the Internet was just taking off. So I was at ground zero you know, in Silicon Valley. And what you needed is to have a technical background, be really good with math, understand algorithms. And I landed at the right place at the right time with the right skills, thanks to Girl Scouts. So if you didn't go to Girl Scouts, what was your path from Stanford as a rocket scientist? So then I had a great career in technology. And I worked for some companies, since you're a branding podcast, you might have heard of them, IBM. Small company. (laughs) Apple, (laughs) Dell. And I had this great technology career. But remember, I also was a Girl Scout. So in the Girl Scout 
cookie program, we really teach entrepreneurial thinking, how to create opportunities. So I had been working at Dell in Austin, and I wanted to have an entrepreneurial experience. So, so three engineers and I, three men, and I started a company, and we actually had a successful exit in that company. And then I could have gone back into technology. Um, but then I thought, you know, I wanted to do something in education, especially as a systems thinker. I realized that there's a lot of um, solutions that need to scale. And so I did, thought my expertise as a systems thinker, would be really mm-hmm. beneficial. And and it turns out I had a lot of success. I ended up uh, creating you know grassroots mobilization campaigns that worked across the country. Also uh, co-wrote a um, family engagement curriculum published by Harcourt Mifflin Houghton. And I was named as a presidential commission on an educational t- um, commission for President Obama. And I chaired the Early Childhood Subcommittee. And at that time, that's when somebody from Stanford called me up and said, we're doing research. And they said, you're one of the first um, Hispanics, male or female, to have gotten their graduate engineering degree. And in the course of that interview, when they kept saying, you know, back when you were growing up, we weren't even really recruiting in your area. So how did you know about Stanford? And how did you have the right experience and background? And that's when I made the connection with Girl Scouts. So I began Volunteering for Girl Scouts was named on the national board, and then a couple of years ago, they asked me to step in as interim, and then they asked me to stay on permanently, and so that's what brought me back to the Girl Scouts. Interesting, you know, it, it, you know, when you mentioned, uh, you know, you're working at NASA, I couldn't help but think back of that movie, uh, Hidden Figures, uh, where the Afro American women were really behind the scenes on what happened, and very influential on what happened uh, in that space launch. Um, any relatable experiences when you saw that? I'm guessing you saw that movie. Oh, absolutely. I love that movie. I immediately <laughs> bought it and downloaded it. You're, yeah, you're absolutely right. I did. There are several of moments, but one of them is actually that iconic bathroom story. Yeah. Um, uh. Because when I started at my very first job, which is in, in a summer job with, as a field engineer, they didn't even have a bathroom for me. There was, so that was really a not very welcome sign. Um, but because I was a Girl Scout, I remember thinking, when else have I encountered not you know, having an available bathroom? And I remembered going on all-day hikes with my troop, and our troop leader would say, you know, so how do you plan for that? And you begin to identify, you know, what are your options? And so at that moment, you know, I didn't complain. I didn't get mad. I just did what a lot of Girl Scouts do. I just began problem solving and identified where the closest bathrooms were. I also identified that if I had an emergency, I better bring a bike in, and I did. And I just, you know, rolled up my sleeves and, and got to work and, and never complained. And within six weeks, they saw that I wasn't going away, uh, that any task they threw at me, I was going to do. And they finally brought me a porta potty, and I remember it vividly because <laughs> it was a brand new porta potty, and it had one word, and it said "hers" on it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, Roger mentioned this unbelievable number of cookies being sold every year. Just, and I know we're going to talk a lot about the Girl Scouts today, Roger. Two hundred million boxes. It's amazing. You know, just to digress for a second, the other day I was in my car, and I was at a red light, and I saw a Dunkin' Donuts, and we happen to have Nigel Travis as our guest a while ago, CEO of Dunkin' Donuts, and the big sign in the, the window said, Girl Scout cookie flavored iced coffee. And you know, I don't really eat really a lot of sugar, but I said, you know something, I was, I was in a certain mood. I said, no, I, I have to try it. I'm sure it's like loaded with sugar. I have to try it. And I went and got, Roger, the mint, uh, Thin Mints flavored, 
And I closed my eyes in the car, Sylvia, and I just sat there, and it was like fluid of Girl Scout cookies coming into me. The flavor was so authentic. It was remarkable. It was like unbelievable. And then doing more research, I saw that you also have licensing agreements with cereals, yogurt, ice cream, snack bars, coffee creamers, herbal teas, baking mixes, chocolate milk, candy bars, and one that really blew my mind, you have a licensing with a company for Thin Mint Gum. So I'm just curious, you've had a lot of licensing or co-marketing agreements. Are people coming to you, are you going to them to create these types of ingredient-related you know, new products, whatever? Just share with us what's happening with the whole Girl Scout cookie flavoring and how you're creating these other partnerships. Well, you're right. You know, um, Yes, a lot of people know us for our iconic cookie program and yeah. certainly the flavors they want in other types of, of products. So we do have licensing agreements. And as you mentioned, we were really proud of our Dunkin' Donut uh, partnership. They also did a lot of tremendous um, advertising and marketing uh, to support the the cookie sales and um, opened up their stores so that girls could be selling cookies in front of them you know, during the cookie season. And, so, and this morning when I got my coffee, the gentleman helping me was wearing a Dunkin' Donuts Girl Scout of America t-shirt saying Thinman cookies are powerful. So he had your, your logo and your whole messaging on his T-shirt today, too. Yes, you know, um, we are the Girl Scouts of the USA. And what is um, amazing is how, you know, yes, we're very well known for that. And I think one of the things that we really work with our licensees is to really instill the aspects of the cookie program. Because what we're teaching girls and Girl Scouts is how to create opportunity, how to create opportunity for themselves, their community, and, you know, businesses and and the nation. So we teach them how to set goals, you know, how to create budgets, how to do marketing, how to follow through business business ethics, how to manage money. Those are the very important aspects of skills. Very, very, very impressive. Yes. And we also ask the girls to actually do the sale. So to talk to folks, and I've had so many parents say to me that, you know, the Girl Scout cookie program is what's transformed my daughter from a shy, quiet introvert who didn't like to talk to anyone that, you know, that wasn't outside of her friend's group to suddenly being able to have that confidence to not only speak to someone she doesn't know, but to actually ask them for the order And we like to say, you know, you can't leave the side of a sale until you've heard no at least three times. (laughs) That's great. I'm impressed with the entrepreneurial spirit. I have a question because I read about one entrepreneurial girl who really, I, I took a step back and I thought, wow, she opened up a cookie stand in front of a marijuana dispensary and sold hundreds of boxes. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurial girls. You know, in Oklahoma last year, we had a girl that sold over 20,000 boxes in person. Really? Uh, it was really amazing. She uh, created very clever songs to really promote the cookie sale. So we also have, um, we teach girls how to create an online cookie business as well. And from that, we've had so many girls say, gosh, I didn't know that this is what it took to create an online business. And from that, they've then started and rolled over and created their own online stores. Mm. I constantly am meeting girls who say, oh, you know, I've now opened up my online business and this is what I'm selling. And they'll connect with me. It's really amazing. It is. And you know, also interesting, Roger, is that, you know, you have the largest entrepreneurial program in the world for girls. And I'm just curious, Sylvia, does the average consumer know that 100% of the net profits goes back to the local 
local troop, the local community? You know, the, you're right. They don't know that. It doesn't come to national at all. It just stays locally. Right. And this year, at least $180 million is going to be decided on how it's spent by the girls themselves. Mm. And many of the girls are doing things that are take ag- action projects in their communities. Um, th- you know, I- I'm really touched by the fact that the homeless troop in Los Angeles, they use their cookie proceeds for people who were in greater need than even they were. I mean, this is just really amazing. Mm. Um, in some areas that we at Girl Scouts want to reach girls in every community and every zip code, regardless of the socioeconomic status. And so some girls, the way that they are able to pay their dues and buy their uniforms is through the cookie program. I'm just thinking about in Dallas, there's a school that is um, in a high needs area and we, they made sure that they learned the sales technique of never walking away from a sale until you've heard no three times. Mm-hmm. That particular school went from selling 15,000 boxes in one year to th- over 35,000. So they were able to not only afford you know, their uniforms, the dues, but a lot of great field trips and other activities. You know, in some ways, how can you say no to a little girl with a smiling face saying, Mr., you buy a box of cookies from me. Yeah. Yeah. How can yeah. you say no? You know, it is, it's so amazing. Um, we've had girls uh, from all different types of socioeconomic status um, who have used their cookie proceeds. They've saved. They've set a goal. They've saved their dollars. And then, you know, they've come, to, for example, to headquarters in New York. I've had girls that say, you know, I'm the first person in my family that has ever gotten on a plane the first person that has ever been to New York, you know, suddenly her vistas, her belief in what's possible for herself has dramatically been expanded. And that's thanks to the cookie program. Now, interesting. Demographically, how have the Girl Scouts changed over time? I mean, I remember reading something uh, where uh, in, in the early uh, 1900s when, when some of the troops were forming, um, they were sort of segregated. And, you know, you, you had Afro-American groups, you had uh, Mexican-American groups, you had Native American groups. And I suppose in, in some ways, you know, almost like this Tuskegee uh, Airmen, uh, during World War II, I mean, it created some pride. But what, what what sort of came out of perhaps prejudice sort of evolved into a something that was more prideful. Describe how the transition has been over the years. You know, actually, we started, and uh, Julia Gordon Lud was inclusive from the start. So actually, they were mixed troops. But as time went on, depending on where you were, uh, perhaps because of just the communities uh, were you know certain kind of demographic or certain type of heritage type, the troops sort of became more monolithic. We um, for decades now have recommitted ourselves to continue to be inclusive to all girls. All girls, not just in heritage types, but also in abilities. You know, I'm so proud of that, um, you know, girl who had a developmentally disability, but she earned her gold award recently in San Diego. You know, we are open to all girls. We are open to girls that are in suburban areas, in urban areas, in rural America. I'll tell you a story that really impacted me recently. We, I was in Wichita, and there was a tremendous, um, several ice storms, and they'd canceled school. Um, but that night, we had planned a hands-on STEM activity at an aerosystems com- company. And um, I said, is this event still going to go on? And they said, the girls want it. And I'll tell you, you know, there was still ice. They made sure it was safe. We got there, and I thought maybe there's going to be a handful of girls. It was over 120 girls there, including their troop leaders, including their parents. And 
I went up to one father and I said, you know, um, why are you here? And he said, you know, I've driven over four hours here to come here, much of it during an ice storm. And I thought, well, sir, you know, why did you do that? And he said, you know, our area, our heyday in the aerospace industry was during World War II. We've seen blue-collar jobs just go away. We've seen the opioid crisis really hit our, our families. And he said, you know, my daughter with Girl Scouts, she's leading the, learning the leadership skills. She's learning the hands-on STEM, the types of, you know, cybersecurity things that are going to set her for life. He said, Girl Scouts is giving my daughter a leg up on life. And he said, I'm going to drive in four hours because I want to give, give my daughter that leg you know, up on life. You know, it's interesting. When I was younger, maybe, maybe when you were younger also, there was an organization called Junior Achievement, and I belonged to it. And it mirrored what you're doing with the Girl Scouts. That we sold candy or we made products and we went to schools and fairs and we sold it. And it was our first dose of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And so it almost mirrors what you're doing. But also with young ladies, people have that confidence. Like you say, you know, hearing the word no three times, it takes a lot to have that self-confidence to keep being persistent to do something like that. So, you know, uh, even under your, hel- your, your helm recently also, I saw that, you guys uh, are being bold and disruptive and getting involved in new technologies, and you were at the um, Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas recently, and you launched this new program called Digital Cookie 2.0 and helping the girls manage a cookie business and with associations with Dell and Visa. Can you share with us what happened at the electronics show? How did it come about, and what kind of reaction did you get? You know, girls said they wanted to move their business online, and we wanted to give them skills so that they can excel and they can thrive in the 21st century. You know, selling cookies online is sort of a a natural. Um, Again, you have to know who you're selling to. You just can't open it up to the public. You've got to sell it to a friend, family, or, you know, somebody that is known to you. Um, But, you know, that was the natural extension of how do we take the iconic cookie program, because it's not just a sales. You've got to continue to set your goals, put a budget, what's your marketing plan? And your marketing plan online is going to be different than your marketing plan face-to-face. Then, you know, how do you make sure that you have good customer follow-through? Did your customers get their cookies, et cetera? That was really important for us, and we've even morphed since then. We this year um, did a pilot. We're doing mobile payment. So what we like to say is Mm. no cash, no check, no problem, right? We'll take your order. You you know, I don't know whether it's me, but and I because I don't know enough about the Boy Scouts per se, but it sounds like you are a more relevant organization based on what's happening today. We are, you know, we have outdoor experience, amazing outdoor experience. I like to say in the last six months, I recently did this kind of interaction. inventory. I said, you know, I've been with girls who have been scuba diving, kayaking, horseback riding, camping, you know, ice camping, ice hiking. But I've also I feel been like enjoying myself. I know, I know. <laughs> really so exciting. I know. Uh-huh. And I've been with girls who are doing cybersecurity, wow. girls who are coding, wow. girls who are worried and thinking about how do we protect our agricultural business in America. You know, girls who are very involved in civics and making their community safer, better. Girls who have, you know, you know, even in high school, have changed state laws. It's amazing. So we are very much focused on giving girls, obtain, you know, maintaining our traditions, our values. We will never get away from that. But we also realize the world is being remade. And everyone has a mobile device in their hands. We don't want girls just to be the users of that technology. We want them to be the inventors, the designers, the creators in every industry. 
from insurance to business to commerce to fabrics to textures. You know, every industry is about to be remade, and we want girls to be the ones that are creating the future. So, so, so very, very impressive without question. So the question I have, and it's sort of coming up, and I'm sure, you know, you're, you're sort of faced with it at times. How nimble is the organization, particularly in light of some of these issues, social issues that are coming up, uh, whether it be uh, transgender, uh, whether it be the Me Too movement? How can the Girl Scouts play a role in that? Those are great questions. From the beginning, Girl Scouts was really focused on being civically engaged. Think about that. Over 100 years ago, women didn't have the right to vote, but our founder, Julia Gordon Lowe, realized that we had to get girls civically engaged. Now we've continued to redouble our efforts. We have Girl Scout badges from daisies about civics all the way to ambassador. That means a, a high school senior. And to have those badges, you've got to take positive action in your community. You've got to, you know, one of the badges is, you know, being a good neighbor. Another one is, you know, getting out the vote. Another one is shaping public policy. I mean, it's no surprise we have so many girls changing state laws because, you know, they learned that at Girl Scouts. It's no surprise half of America's elected officials were girl, are Girl Scouts because they learned that. But what we realized with the different movements going on, whether it's those parades or Me Too's, is that we don't get in the middle of what a girl's values are, but we're very much interested in teaching her how to take positive steps and actions to create civic change or to take civic action. And so we're really um, delighted with our girl agenda, hashtag girl agenda, because it really is about the tools that girls and their families need to take positive steps to create civic action in their communities. And for the first time ever, we've opened up a lot of those tools to even non-Girl Scouts, because civics has been taken out of many um, classrooms across the nation. And so sometimes even parents, young parents, don't know what to do. And so we wanted to make sure that they had those tools so that they could teach their daughter how to take positive steps to, to make, in effect, you know, civics in their community. So you take these young girls I guess Silverwood, it's ages 7 through 18? No, 5. 5 Daisies. 18. Daisies. 5. 5, five 18. Uh-huh. So what happens when they have all these years of invaluable experience, friendships they've made, just their DNA, a part of this whole new movement, and all the emotional attributes that you've embraced with them, whatever, and then at 18, quote-unquote, they have to graduate, and they're no longer a part of Girl Scouts. How do they feel, number one, being a distant from it, and what opportunities are there for them to re-engage with Girl Scouts at a different level instead of just cold turkey leaving the organization? And, and I agree. When, when we were talking about the introduction, it mentioned, and this is actually follows up, yeah. there were 800,000 women. Yeah. You know, adults right. really in, engaged with mm. with uh, Girl Scouts. You know, that's a great question, and I'm going to say stay tuned. Uh, very soon you're going to see a— Stay r- tuned. We want answers today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, you know. This is name brands. <laughs> we, we're, we're a leading edge. We, we, Sylvia, tell us today. Tell us today. You know what? You're going to be can, We'll connect it's the just, dots. It's just so between we'll, me, you, and Roger. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, connect the dots. Yeah. What you're going to see is a really big yeah. uh, push to connect those alumni and to stay connected yeah. with Girl Scouts especially with social media today. We really see the need, and they want that. But not just that. 
employers are telling us that when they ask amongst their women who are working for them, you know, their, their leaders, their executives, 80% of them are Girl Scouts. One of our partners in, um, is Salesforce, and recently we were highlighted as their top nonprofit partner at their large Dreamforce event. We met with their Salesforce leadership. 80% of their women were Girl Scouts. Recently I was Apple. The same type of thing. And so recruiters are taking note that the types of skills that you learn in Girl Scouts, as courage, confidence, and character, don't go away. And in fact, even in an area that is traditionally tough for women, which is technology, the ones that persist, the ones that are resistant Mm -hmm. and resilient tend to be Girl Scouts. I know myself. The the things I learned at Girl Scouts allowed me to be resilient, to be persistent, so that I could have a great career in technology. What what do you see as sort of the greatest challenges out there uh, in the Girl Scouts? I have a number of of, uh, folks that are troop leaders that work with me. And, uh, you know, they said, boy, you know, when, when, when the girls, not boy when the girls, but, but when, 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 the, when the girls reach the age of 12, there is a, ten, there is a, a drop-off rate. And that, they see that as a challenge. Could you talk a little bit about that? You know, absolutely. You know, we are very aware that every volunteer, every girl has a mobile device in her hands. And so we are spending a lot of time in investing to make sure that we're creating the types of solutions that fit into their life. So that if you're a troop leader, if you're a girl, you're connecting, you're creating, you're collaborating, you're calendaring with your friends using your mobile device. So we're working on those apps and those systems to support their involvement in Girl Scouts so that it fits seamlessly with the rest of their life. When you're younger, we see that that's not as much of an issue, but Mm -hmm. certainly by the time you're in middle school and high school, that's how you live your life. We're rebellious, right? Yeah, well, that. (laughs) And we want to make sure that our tools are there for you. So that's one of the ways. The other one is relevancy. You know, girls want you know, programs, badges, journeys that are relevant. That's why we came up with cybersecurity. We were introducing 23 new STEM badges and outdoor badges last year. And in our piloting of them, we also asked the girls, what else? We were surprised to learn from the girls themselves as they wanted cybersecurity. What they want is they want to know, how do you protect your digital life? But not only that, they're concerned about our voting systems. They're concerned about our food security. They're concerned about our electrical grids. They're concerned about the safety of America. That's what Girl Scouts, you know, what you've learned is to be civically engaged. And so that's what they want from us. And so we're really proud of the you know cybersecurity badges in fact later on I'm going to see one of our partners Raytheon uh, they're helping us create computer science badges and journeys well that's one thing I wanted to lead into because I know you have a lot of partnerships in terms of foundations and corporations with you know Disney and AT&T and Dell and most recently some exciting news of Raytheon can you share with us um, the new partnership and what's, what's happening exciting with Raytheon and the Girl Scouts we're really excited it is a really perfect fit with the two corporations you know Raytheon is looking at, you know, how does it have its workforce for the future? And there's a massive untapped resource, which are girls. Girl Scouts, what we're about is, you know, we want to create the workforce of tomorrow. We want to make sure that girls are making their mark on the future. And clearly, one of the areas that they need to have expertise in, even if they don't become a computer scientist, they might be a marketeer, a lawyer, somehow involved, they'll have the confidence 
to understand computer science. And that is where we're partnering with Raytheon. What we're really excited about is they're the subject matter experts. We're not. We're experts in girls, in the way girls learn, the girls interact, the way girls do leadership. We're experts in that. And we're grateful for our partnership with Raytheon because they're bringing in their experts. We're curating that, putting that into our Girl Scout journeys and badges. And so it's really focused on how do you get girls interested in computer science. What I love about it is there's part of the journeys and badges that don't have anything to do with looking at a computer screen. It's about learning how to think. Think like a program. Think like, how do you solve some problems? That is actually one of the first initial steps that we're taking with uh, Raytheon. But we're actually going to, you know, do so many more uh, things with Raytheon. But we're really excited. How's it going to evolve? What are the kind of initiatives and ideas or programs? You know, it has a lot to, you know, um, in, in addition to coding and understanding, you know, some of the very important aspects of, you know, algorithms, you know, binary language code, et cetera, but also about cybersecurity. You know, how do you use, you know, technology in a way that protects our nation or protects our water supply, our food supply, our voting systems? Um, Those are things that girls are very interested in. And girls, we know, they don't like learning technology for technology's sake. They like learning about technology and how they can apply it to make someone's life better or make the world a better place. We know that when we talk about material science with girls, you know, not necessarily just about the kind of material you need for a wing of an aircraft carrier or or of a plane, but they also want to know about you know, material in terms of fabric, material in terms of skin. So somebody might have burned skin, and how could you have replacement skin so that the skin is as good as new? Those are the kinds of things that when you explain it to girls in that way, they get very excited about. You know, it's very interesting because one of the reoccurring themes that we've had going on in the last number of sessions is the fact, the growing notion, and I'm a firm believer, that women make better business leaders. There is an emotional intelligence that exists that men don't have in terms of leading uh, of leading folks, and I think what you're doing is 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 continuing uh, to develop people along those lines because I think you know people have different uh, you know makeups. I yeah. mean, men tend to be more aggressive in general. There tends to be I mean these are generalities that I've seen in business. Ego tends to take over. And with women, I see less ego and more of a focus on doing a good job and and how to communicate in a better way. I know well, maybe I'm these are generalizations, but it's what I'm saying. We call that we call that Girl Scout leadership experience. Uh, we very much embed that in all of our programs and all of our journeys of all of our badges. Is how can you work with others? How can you collaborate? How can you problem solve together? How can you bring people together to do projects successfully? Those types of skills that you're learning in Girl Scouts from daisies all the way to high school ambassador, those types of skills are what our employers want today. They want people who can collaborate. They want people who are problem solving. They want innovators. They want those people who are not afraid to raise their hand to say, I'll take the lead. Those are the types of people that they want, and those are the type of people that we are training in Girl Scouts. You know, you mentioned a while ago, and it's interesting, the Girl Scouts, you have a lot of acronyms. You have GIRL, you have STEM, you have a lot of acronyms going on, right? But everything a Girl Scout does centers around STEM, the outdoors, life skills, entrepreneurship you mentioned. What actually is STEM? 
STEM. Well, first, you know, you mentioned uh, acronym around girl. It's the go-getter, innovator, risk taker, and leader. And what we realized is, you know, the Girl Scout brand, but we realized that we had sort of our own DNA and we had never crystallized our own DNA, which was, and when we did, we realized it is. It's being a go-getter. It's being an innovator. It's being a risk taker and it's being a leader. Those are very much the qualities that I know business leaders and businesses want today. But uh, back to your question about STEM, that's science, technology, engineering, math. And, you know, those four pillars you mentioned, they all kind of come together. When I think of our great outdoors experience, we think about the first S in STEM is science. And what is that but the great outdoors and nature? We've had those kind of badges from our, our founding with Julia Gordon-Lowe. It was nature badges, naturalist badges. In terms of science, some of our first badges, again, were the electrician's badge, carpentry. You know, so that is just part of what Girl Scouts is. But we realize now that there's a chip in everything. You know, there's computer code, there's a, 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 you know, a digital interface and so much. So we want to make sure that girls don't get left behind, that they have the analytical skills, that, you know, as artificial intelligence or cognitive, uh, computational thinking or cognitive computing, we want our girls to not be intimidated by that, but to understand that so that they, they can enter those fields and really make a contribution or, in fact, create, you know, the future. We know from entertainment to fashion, there's going to be wearables that have embedded, you know, digital devices. We want our girls to be part of creating that. So when we look at our our four pillars, we see that they all kind of blend in together. The things that she's learning in the great outdoors, you know, for example, noticing weather patterns of how they're changing. I think all of us have realized that the weather is really changing, and we so many girls are really interested in learning about that. And we've definitely got programs and badges for that. Uh, we want them not to be intimidated by technology, but we want them to be fascinated about the world around them. And, you know, that's why outdoors never goes away, but also working with others. Those are the life skills. So it all blends together. And I actually think the cookie program is going to be something that becomes even more important because, as you know, as industries are changing, you're using technology, you mentioned the word disruption, there's going to be brand new opportunities. And who can seize on those opportunities but somebody who's entrepreneurial in their thinking. Right. We're raising an entire generation of those. There's an old saying, the only way to see the future is create it, and you're doing a remarkable job of creating. I mean, I know, really, the average person has a perception of the Girl Scouts, you know, the camps and so forth, but what you're talking about today, uh, Sylvia, really? this is, you know, leaps and bounds beyond, I think, our average listener even is aware of all these things going on, and you've only hit on some of them. Well, and I wanted to hit on one more. You know, our highest achievement level is the gold award. And, you know, you're a university. Is, is, is that like an Eagle Scout? You know, it's even more impactful than an Eagle Scout because to earn the gold award, you have to demonstrate a sustainable impact on the community. So it's things like not just doing a park bench. You have to create a park. I mean, you have to have a sustainable impact. And I mention this in a college town like this, or college area like uh, like this area is, is that, you know, that's what college admission recruiters are looking for. They know that they're seeing a lot of, you know, different admissions applications. And, yeah, everybody's got some award there, right? right. But the gold award stands out because those girls that – 
earn the gold award, those gold award Girl Scouts, they've made a sustainable impact on a community. They haven't just done one and done. No, they've done a project. For example, one of my favorites is the girl who realized the only thing keeping her hospital from being a, a top triage hospital was a helicopter pad. She got the land donated. She got the permits drawn. She got the construction done. So that hospital became a triage. That is an example of of a gold award project. There's girls who have gotten their gold award project by changing laws. So that's the kind of sustainable impact. And you get college scholarships. You get full rides in some cases, cases in some of the most elite universities. Yes, by demonstrating that. Many, if not most institutions, are going co-ed. Would that be a mistake for the Girl Scouts? Girl Scouts is all about the benefits of a single gender organization. We know how girls learn. We're experts in that. And we know the reason that we have amazing impacts in society. The reason we have that, you know, you had mentioned when you started this program that, you know, most of the female U.S. senators were Girl Scouts. Almost every female astronaut that's been in space was a Girl Scout. You know, all three secretaries of state, Girl Scouts. Most of the female governors, Girl Scouts. We're 8% of the population, but look at our impact. And the reason is, is that Girl Scouts allows that girl that safe space where she can try. She can try things that maybe are untraditional. She doesn't have to push her way to get time on a computer. She doesn't have to hope that someone calls on her. She has a time for discovery, for failure, for trying again, for really learning and mastering untraditional fields. And that is what we're about, and that's not going to change. So to piggyback on what Roger just mentioned, a little controversy here. Recently it was announced that the girls can join Boy Scouts starting next year. And I read an article, a CBS News reporter interviewed a 16-year-old girl who's been an unofficial member of her brother's troop since she was four years old. She wanted to become an Eagle Scout like her brother. She said not every girl has to want to do the same things that Girl Scouts do, she told CBS News. I don't. I want to do the things the Boy Scouts do. Share with us your insight on what's happening here with the Boy Scouts trying to become a little boy, a hybrid Boy Scout, Girl Scout, and the thought process that this little girl has. I'm just curious on your take. You know, it's really surprising to us at this time in America where so many people are asking, what's going on with the boys? (laughs) That the one organization that is congressionally chartered to serve boys at this time of great need for boys in America they decide to focus on girls. I mean, what's up with that? Right? <laughs> well, they see a good thing. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. And, <laughs> You're and, right, Roger, yeah. And, you know, uh, maybe her experience didn't afford her, you know, some of the amazing opportunities we have at Girl Scouts. But I'll tell you, we go horseback riding, we go kayaking, we go skiing, we go camping. We do all those things. We do archery. And we really have catapulted ahead of almost all other youth-serving organizations in our focus on making sure that our girls are technology literate. And now with our move into cybersecurity, with that partnership with Raytheon, we're just so excited with what we're doing in terms of giving them skills. Yes, outdoor skills, important, but we're giving them the leadership skills, the life skills that they need, as you mentioned earlier, not to react to the future, but to create the future. Very good. We have something now called lightning round. Now we really get mm. really, get ready. We, we bombard you with qu- with quick questions and quick answers. Right. The, 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 the previous stuff that was easy. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so 
So you've talked about your most famous alumni. Who's your most infamous alumnus? Wow, that's an interesting question. Who would be? It could be someone on death row. It's okay. (laughs) You know, you really stumped the chump here. (laughs) We have time. (laughs) All right, we'll go ahead. We'll go to another one. Pass that one. Pass. Okay. So we know that all your cookies are like children. They're all your the babies, right? But you know, I have to ask you the question: Which cookie is your favorite? They got to be one that you have. A certain, you know, if you had to open that cupboard up and you saw them all, one you would take immediately, right? You know, I've got to say, probably the happy time in America is during cookie season. But if you're really putting me on the spot, I would say it's Thin Mints. Mm, Okay. (laughs) You know, even opening up the package of Thin Mints, it's like aromatherapy. The aroma, I was going to say, you you inhale it, right? Yeah, it's wild. Speaking of cookies, okay, your most caloric cookie. Great question. Yeah. I don't know that. You know, um, this year I've gotten lots of uh, comments from people that they're so grateful that we've kept them to be the same size over the years. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but cookies in America have really gotten really, really large. Yes. Um, so our serving size has stayed the same. Um, it's still, we call it an indulgent treat. Um, so, um, you know, I don't know which one is the most caloric. <laughs> we do like to, you know, eat responsibly. <laughs> and just, it's an, it's an indulgent treat. Yeah. As a, as a rocket scientist, would you someday want to travel to the moon? I, I want to go to Mars. Mars? <laughs> I want to go to Mars. Yeah, yeah. Moon is passe. Hey, I, 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 where have you been? I want to go to Mars. Uh, uh, <laughs> was there ever one badge that you tried to get and didn't? You know, I have this tremendous need to complete, and I will say that I wanted to earn my toy-making badge so badly uh, and I'm not good with my hands. And so my older brother is. And I had him help me make my balsa wood toy soldier because I was earning it around Christmas time and I thought it'd be perfect. And it was so good. My troop leader asked me, she said, did you really do it? Because she, I think she was more surprised than anything because it was so well done. And at that moment, I realized I was a Girl Scout. I had to be honest. And I said, no, my brother helped me. Uh. And so I didn't get that badge. If you were to write a book that would be mandatory reading for all Girl Scouts, what would the title be? That's easy because I actually am writing a book uh, for middle school kids. Uh, It's called Path to the Stars, and it is about my Girl Scout journey. If you could change any one thing about the Girl Scouts, what might that be? You know, I would – the one thing I would change about the Girl Scouts is that you know, I think people don't realize the impact that we've had on America. And if they realize the impact that we'd have on America because of their daughters, they would want their daughters to be part of Girl Scouts uh, because of the life-changing benefits for their daughters. If I could go back in time, I'd force my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, really. Really, this is really yeah. exciting. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It really is. I think something, sometimes uh, I'll have girls come in and um, they know my interest in science and space, but they'll even stump me. They'll come in and go, well, what's your favorite galaxy? And, you know, you know, of all the uh, moons around Jupiter, which is your favorite and why? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, these girls are amazing. Tell, tell us something, Sylvia, that we don't know about you that we'd be surprised to know about you. 
something that people don't realize is I was actually born closer to the Canadian border than the Mexican border. My father was an officer in the military, and he served um, the Army on an Air Force base, Ellsworth Air Force Base in South Dakota, Rapid City, South Dakota, by Mount Rushmore. And I was born there in, um, you know, in, on Ellsworth Air Force Base, South Dakota. Sylvia Acevedo. I think, Larry, you would agree with me. I could not think of a better person to be running the Girl Scouts of the USA. I am duly impressed here. Yeah. Well, thanks. I really do hope your listening audience, there they get inspired and enroll their daughters in Girl Scouts. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank yeah. you very much. Remember to subscribe to Name Brands on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app and get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We're at Name Brands Pod on Twitter, on Facebook at Name Brands Podcast. That's it for us. We'll be back to talk to you again next Wednesday.